Stardate 0924.2021. Wait, that's wrong. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia. With me on the view screen, we have... Mariah Gossett. Clyde Haynes. And Grant. And tonight we're streaming the pod live on YouTube to celebrate Q and good old John Luck Pickard. Yes, we're continuing our Q Explained series, covering some of the best Q episodes from TNG. This week we'll dive into the TNG finale. All good things with an eye on Q and Picard's relationship to to maybe glean some clues about Picard season two coming up in like fucking four A years year. from now. <laughs> 2022 um and speaking of picard season two we'll also talk about the new teaser trailer for that that show that dropped last week on uh captain picard day so look forward to that it's gonna be very exciting yeah clyde Clyde. tell the people about things about the things okay so if you are watching us live like right now like right now right now if you're watching us live on youtube hey drop some questions and comments in the live chat all you gotta do is type capital p capital o capital d capital pod in the chat and we'll say hey that's what choopy's talking about do it and if you are listening to our audio version of the podcast uh, make sure you can actually catch us live on YouTube next time. Uh, we're usually here Thursdays at 9 p.m. Central or 9 p.m. Texas time, as I've been referring to it. Um, and you can also subscribe to the audio version on all podcast platforms. You can find links to everywhere to listen to us at StarTrekPod.co. And if you don't want to miss us on any of these video platforms so that you can chime in and interact with us, there's usually a way to set your notification bell, click those things, and your phone or whatever device you're on will alert you that we're going live so that you can join us. You Mike, are on you're, mute. I think you're muted. Uh, oh, that, he, he's recognizing. <laughs> Am I muted? Uh, no, there, now there you are. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this Picard season two teaser trailer. I'm going to pull up some stills from the trailer real quick. Y'all feel free to jump in and discuss some of this Picard season two madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Very All right, so we start man. off. We start off with Picard at the chateau, yeah, wearing um, dressed like daddy. he's in X Men: Days of Future Past. I'm telling you, black on black on black <laughs> on black on black. He's mm-hmm. like a. I do think the costume and set design, though, of all of these stills, like I know it's in like really rapid pace, you know, because they don't really want us to figure anything out. Look great. So, like, shouts to props and and wardrobe. Mariah always giving everybody props, even though this costuming is worse than last season. I'm going to say it, and I mean, because somebody has to say it, and it's the wrong thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. He looks old. He's Moving in on. his 80s. I like, know. Of course. <laughs> Someone who does not look old, or that old. Ugh. John Delancey, it's Q, looking all Cialis ad ready. <laughs> He's I good mean, to go. The See, stash is good. That's where I want to be because I'm be honest with you. I think he looks better. Yeah, he looks good. Like it, I mean, beard, right? He just it's it's everything. Beard. I think but, I mean someone has been moisturizing. Is all I can say. <laughs> I'm just I'm like that's that's how I want to grow old. I want to get better. 
right? Like John, mm-hmm. he looks cool, and he's also got the black on black going. Like, what's going on here? They're at it's, a funeral. We're, we're quite we're, clearly. We don't we don't want color in the future. We don't want a little I mean, splash. He he like tuned into that uh, panel like for Star Trek that big panel day they had a couple months ago from a boat. So perhaps it's just living a life of pure leisure leads to less aging. I'm just saying a little bit of like red, some blue, <laughs> you know, a little gold, right? Some silver mm-hmm. might brighten that right up. I'm just. I, yeah, my, my comment on the costuming earlier was last season's costuming was just so like um, minimalistic and modern and, and really cool looking, even though it looked a little futuristic. The stuff here, I think we'll get we'll get into it as we I go through these these photos, but it seems like alt- like your basic darker alternative darker alternative timeline black clothing that everybody's wearing. He even has an evil goatee. Mm-hmm. Hey, Grant. Isn't he? Yeah. After watching all these Q apps, how do you feel about seeing Q show up in this teaser for Picard season two? Uh, he's supposed to be ageless and he's not ageless. It's almost like the actor himself got old. That's that's my suspicion. My little right. theory here. All right. Moving on. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited to see what Q might bring to this episode because he Ooh, he has had a purpose, it seems, in manipulating uh, Picard throughout the the episodes, at least that I've seen of TNG. But, uh, but, are you circling his his blackberry I'm, brooch? I'm just yes. the brooch. I'm just saying this is what I'm, I'm talking about. This would be the perfect, like the For perfect spot. Will a pop of color? We'll set that whole outfit off. I mean, I'm telling you, I, the the black I, I is did, on purpose. I, I know it's something. on purpose. I'm just saying, like you know, that would that would have been nice. You didn't even have to do the whole thing; just the center of it. It looks cancerous. Whatever's on him. <laughs> I've noticed that everybody in this in this teaser has Wearing some kind something. of badge or brooch. Mm-hmm. I think they're just trying to sell more pins to us fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big pin is in on this. Yeah, big big pin. And then we Ooh. jump to um Oh yeah. We jump to what it looks like Starfleet headquarters with Picard talking to a delegation. And if you look closer, I don't know how to zoom in on this, but Picard seems like he's where there we go. Seems like he's this is a new uniform he's wearing. So That's it's kinda I, hot. It's either the dress uniform of the of the Starfleet uniforms we saw in season one, or it's a completely different, you know, alternative take on those uniforms. Cause we didn't see a uniform like this with the flap over. Yeah. Do we know yeah. what all the flags are? I saw yeah. Klingons. I saw. Yeah. March says we should name those flags. I'm pretty sure I saw a green Bay Packers flag in there. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't yep. know what that's about. See, so, yeah. yeah, I can name the flags. Let me bring that up. By hot referring to his outfit. I mean, it- Clyde, do you mean that it's polyester? <laughs> I mean, hot as in, like, there were some pieces of it that I thought, oh, that's cool. But as I looked at it more, I'm thinking, hmm, set, lots of light. You're going to sweat a lot. <laughs> like, that. Oh, you yeah. look like, you look really, really warm in that outfit. Okay, you guys want to know what the flags are? Yes. From left mm-hmm. to right, we have Klingon, Telerite, Federation, Starfleet Command, Starfleet Academy, Vulcan, Bajor, and the Ferengi, mm. which is notable because the Ferengi and Bajoran 
you know, Ferenginar and Bajor are not in the Federation as far as we know. See, and that, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, I thought it was the Green Bay Packers and it turns out to be the Ferengi. <laughs> It's like the same thing. So uh, the Telluride totally looks like a soccer team flag. It, so. Yeah, yeah, it does. Are any Telluride FC? There's very few good flags. I feel like no. there's a 99% invisible episode about flag design that I enjoy <laughs> because flags are hard to design. actually. I think the Federation flag is actually kind of cool. I mean, but it looks like a like a, a UN flag. It, it looks does. like the UN flag. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's maybe it's familiar. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. good. It's just familiar. Mm. Next, we see that? Rafi and Elnor. Mm-hmm. I, maybe they're on free oh. cloud. This looks kind of free cloudish. I... But if you look closely, there is seems to be like a dead body behind them. Oh uh, wow! I mean, at first thought, I really thought this was a screenshot from Farscape. So thanks for clearing that up, Mike. Looks pretty Farscapey. All you need is a Muppet in the back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I really thought this was worth it. <laughs> but this looks pretty exciting. Like, looks like a, a good action sequence with these two characters hanging out together. Also, in distress. Everybody seems to be in distress. Or there's some kind of um, alteration to the world that we know from Picard Season 1. So, definitely some timeline changes or alternative mm-hmm. timeline thing happening it's funny here. to me that, like, in the 80s, we determined that neon lights were futuristic and nothing has changed in 40 years. No, it's like we saw them in blade runner and it was like, okay, it's just mm-hmm. locked in yeah. neon lights. Somebody just decided future. blade runner. That's a template, which is interesting. Cause we, you don't even see that many neon lights now. So I don't know when they just suddenly become in vogue. I wonder and- if Elmer was trying to get, um, Rafi out of there because she's had like a, a junkie relapse or something. Anyway. Mm. I okay. Think, I mean, maybe she just killed this dude. Oh. I do like the idea of like if her, her hair is not as like big and voluptuous and amazing that it's like a bad time for her versus, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's like those small things where it's like, like changes in features to in the darker In the darker timeline, water pressure just sucks everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and hello, we see Laris. And this is the only shot of Laris that we get in the trailer, but it's very concerned. Yeah, she looks really concerned. She's at the chateau. She's looking out, maybe at Picard taking off, maybe wanting to go with him. Hopefully, we do see her like uh, more in more than like two or three episodes this season. We don't yes. see Saban anywhere, but we see Laris. You guys excited to see Laris back? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest disappointments of the first season was just the lack of use of of Laris. I mean, it was just a waste. Outside of this show, like that you guys were already familiar with? Nope. I don't have any attachment to this character whatsoever. Like, I I don't care about her. I I now know her name because you guys keep saying it. But otherwise, I'm like... She was just like a guest actor for like the the beginning of like, hey, I work with. She like kicked ass when all yeah. these people came into the chateau. It, it was like, for wow. for me, I pay attention when you've got somebody who's not supposed to be a key player, but there's so much for whatever reason gravitas on, on in a scene that you're drawn in, especially in a show where we were dying for, searching for, screaming for chemistry. Mm-hmm. She I, had I just it. Don't remember her? I don't remember her or Zaban. I thought. I guess they, they were in the first episode, and that was it. Right? They were they were Picard's like 
Romulan servants who were protectors. Like mm-hmm. they were two of the coolest characters in the entire season. Yeah, they okay. they took up a they took up a bulk of screen time in the first episode. They were in about two or three episodes, mm-hmm. but then when Picard went to space, they they stayed on Earth. But the cool thing about Laris is that, um, and Saban as well, but especially Laris was that they were revealed to be more than what they seemed. Right? Mm-hmm. They were maybe part of the Tal Shiar or something like that, and they basically protected Picard and murdered a bunch of uh, Zat Zat. Bosch agents, yeah, that came to to kill him. And Laris was turned out to be an excellent detective and helped him track down Soji uh, in 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 a really great scene. So, and also, I'm a fan of Orla Brady. She was great in Fringe. She mm-hmm. played um, uh, Peter's mom and that, and was really really cool. So, sci-fi fans like Orla Brady. So. Uh, She's great. That's what I meant to say. Love, love the character. The Momulin. That that's new. Uh, fun fact: uh, the actor uh, Joshua Jackson, who was uh, the son of of um, her character in Fringe, was my babysitter when we lived in Vancouver. You know Joshua Jackson. Wait, 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 oh, wait, cool. wait. Your babysitter was Pacey. Yeah. What There's pictures of him at my parents' wedding? Yeah. His mom and my mom were were like really good friends. Can you get him on this podcast? Pacey Witter. I don't know, but I can try. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know if he's no. a Star Trek Next person. week. No, no, no. The question is, can you talk to <laughs> him? And, talk can you Star get Trek. me an introduction to Katie Holmes? That's what's up. That's what I'm oh, I don't think I have that power at all. Like okay. I have right. like an email address to an email address to to talk can, to like his mom. Can you but... get me an introduction to Katie Holmes to get me in with Tom Cruise? No. So I can join Scientology. I mean, now, Mike. I don't if, think you need that to join Scientology. Mike, if 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 you want to start singing the theme song to Dawson's Creek, I won't stop you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay. Soji, also with a pin. Surprise, mm-hmm. Lars didn't have a pin. Two pins, actually. Uh, one of them looks like the... Uh, the symbol of her and her, her twin that we saw in season one. I don't know what this black one is, but... Unlike everyone else, Soji is wearing white. And uh, apparently shoulder pads are back in style. Shoulder pads I'm are into back it. in style. Very fierce. She looks different, but... Uh, she looks pretty... She has like a really severe look to her. It is, but I mean, uh, I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind it either. I'm into She's art. in Vegas. Hey! Clearly. Um, <laughs> this is like an Ocean, Ocean's Eleven scene. If this is potentially a darker timeline, this could be Dodge. This could be the other one that was gold. Mm. Forgot her name. She was terrible. Perhaps, perhaps. What do we got? What? Kim Pine. Kim well, Pine. I saw you, Mike. Seriously a, staring at that camera. That's a little Basically, creepy. I'm going to back away from the screen. The only shot we get of uh, Kim Pine in this trailer looking more murdery than ever. So okay. she's murdering more people. Uh, Rios. Yeah, I was rewatching it and he like touches the badge. So it feels like he's aware perhaps that this is a different timeline. Yeah, I think at the beginning we see Picard in distress wondering what's happening. We see Rios looking at the badge, looking around his mm-hmm. ship, noticing the changes that we're noticing. And as we go on with these photos, we're going to see more characters seemingly in distress or noticing that things are different. So, yeah, it seems like the timeline has changed. And our main characters are aware of it. Are they in their own pocket 
timelines? Are they in the same timeline? I don't know. Maybe they're in the Terran timeline. I want the chair. That's a, good chair. That's uh, a dope gamer chair right there. Right? That is yeah, a yeah, yeah. dope gamer chair. <laughs> Do you want those, those sweet gloves he's got on? Uh, like, uh, three fingers that are fingerless? No, he's been hit by a smooth criminal, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I need that, but like the chair, though. What happens if I click on here? You got to keep the pinky and uh, ring finger warm, but the other three, <laughs> you, you need the tips for interacting with stuff, probably. So there is a close-up of his badge, which seems like a much larger um, Starfleet communication badge. And mm-hmm. there seems to be, at first, it looked like an upside-down cross, which, ugh, wow. But now it looks like a sword, right? It looks like the hilt yeah. of a sword. And in Star Trek lore, the other badge or insignia we see that has a sword on it or the hilt of a sword is the Terran mm-hmm. timeline sword. Okay. Yeah. It, I like the upside down cross. I think it's part of a uh, Star Trek Judas priest. Yeah. <laughs> Our, can Okay. At some point, can we just, can we stick to one timeline? One Breaking universe? Directed. Breaking the print directed. I, I'm just saying it, it feels like if this is a, a, a ter- like I was joking earlier when I said Taryn, mm-hmm. but like how many Mirrorverse episodes per season are we going to do? Yeah. I don't think this, maybe this is supposed to maybe recall the Mirror Universe to let us know like, okay, things are dark. That's why things look Mirror Universe-y, but I don't think we're in the Mirror Universe. I hope not. Hope we're not. And if we are, Maybe it's just one episode. Maybe this is just the first, like, clips from the first, like, two or three episodes they shot. Listen, that we're getting. If we're going to be in the mirror universe, you better bring on Captain Killy. Otherwise, I don't care. <laughs> just saying. And then we see everybody together finally united. Well, not everybody. It's Picard and uh, low water pressure Rafi and Elnor and Jurati back here. Everyone's still wearing black for the most part, except for Jurati. And the next one shot. He is, yeah. Your card right. is looking very Professor Xy yep. in this shot for sure. That his look is and everything. That's very like you it's know, like, and Rafi's back there looking like Storm. Yep. <laughs> and then we get to the last scene, which again, like the the big teaser trailer for season one ends with the reveal of seven of nine. But the reveal this time is that she wakes up. And she's missing her her Borg implants. Okay. So definitely in a different timeline. And she's wearing a wedding ring. She mm-hmm. is wearing a black engagement ring. Wedding ring. Hmm. Yep. We're Very definitely in a weird mirror verse. So, yeah. <laughs> you is putting them into a, another timeline or he's changing things up. Um, I mean, we've already seen in the last Q episode that we we reviewed, the tapestry one, that um, he put Picard into a scenario where he changed the sequence of events and then saw a new alternate timeline that he could he could live in and experience. So this isn't beyond the realm of what Q can kind of play around with in his his construct, right? And maybe that's what he's doing. He's doing some sort of experimentation with what if you guys, what if you and the Picard crew were living in some alternate uh, divergent timeline? Or is he like just straight up jumping between the multiverse? I don't know. Yeah, this definitely has has something to do with Q because we hear Q in the voiceover say, 
welcome to the very end of the road not taken, which mm. is very cute. This is Q saying this is this is a different timeline, a different place that I pl- placed you in, but it's the very end of it. So that means that maybe he's continuing his uh, trial of humanity. Um, I don't know, guys. Do you think we are in one new timeline? Do we think we're going to be jumping throughout time? Well, I mean, at the end of um, the episode that we're about to discuss, the TNG finale, we have this sort of reveal that Q's talking about how the rest of the Q continuum didn't believe that Picard could successfully execute what he does in the the finale right so it it seems like there was that that q himself placed a big gamble on on proving the merit and worth of picard and that might have been to some greater end game and some greater purpose that uh we're gonna get closure on in this next season which now that i'm glad that you kind of put me through this trial of seeing all these other q episodes because if that does pay off that's gonna be awesome and if it doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed. Just like with first. <laughs> I love how you described uh, us asking you to watch some of the best Star Trek episodes, a trial. <laughs> this is you, you being through a trial. You, this is you being Q and putting me through a trial. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a really good point. I think, um, yeah, Q definitely has something to do with this. And I think um, it would be great if the Picard writing staff went back and studied those Q episodes and decided, you know, there's a lot of fruit left on the vine here in this trial of humanity arc and we're going to, we're going to build upon that. I think that would be awesome. Would be and we do see that seven also notices that she has a new badge on her mantle. Another new badge. Everybody gets a badge. Mm-hmm. And you this get a one, badge and you get a badge. Yeah. This one also seems to have maybe, maybe it looks like a star, but it could also be like the hilt of a sword and mm-hmm. looks like it has a half or a, three, a quarter moon. Around it in the back, a red. The red coloring reminds me of the Klingon, mm-hmm. the Klingon logo. The red coloring also reminds me of the Terran Empire. Um, Grant's raising his hand. I have a theory. Mm. What if they? Uh, what if Q posits an alternate timeline where it isn't Starfleet that ultimately wins in the war between them and Klingons? It's the Klingons who win, and they unite everything. And this is the Klingon Federation uh, badge that. They have now accepted humans like Seven of Nine as a part of. That could be interesting. I like it, but Picard and Rios do have different badges. Well, they're not in that's a different timeline. So everyone might be in their own pocket timeline or something. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, if we look back at that scene with the delegation, the Klingon flag from left to right is first. It's red and black. Yeah, uh, just like that pin, red, black, and white, and maybe a little bit of gold uh, yeah. effects, and then it's got that little uh, triangle thing. But maybe, maybe a, a fourth side makes itself known, and they have to make that triangle into a little bit more of a diamond shape. I like it. Mm. But something that is throwing me off is they released a poster for the season on the same day, and it seems to depict here it is, Ooh. modern Los Angeles. <laughs> With the uh, with the highways kind of twisting and turning to form the uh, the Starfleet logo, but it, this looks like like if you if we can like if you were to zoom in on those cars, those are like you know twenty first century cars. <gasps> Whales? 
We going back and saving some whales? <laughs> Do we have any whales left in 2021? There are no whales. <laughs> we turned them all into rubber uh, wedding rings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely think that we're in a situation. Well, okay. So you got to figure that the creators of this show know that we are going to do exactly what we're doing. Right. We're going to look at this frame by frame and we're going to sit with a bunch of other Star Trek fans and we're going to try and figure it out. And the last thing they want us to do is to be successful at that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the other thing is like, I feel like last season with discovery and even with the first season of Picard, like, all of the previews we got up until the season started were all images from like the very first episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the first two or the first like. Right. First kind yeah. of mini arc. Yeah. It, it, it felt like it was like the first episode and then like the first three minutes of the mm-hmm. second episode. Exactly. Like it was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, they, they very well could be, it, it could be that Q has to put, everyone through their own individual trials some maybe a a group of them do get sent back in time to our modern day and they go through their own kind of trial but i I think the this design of this poster is fantastic i i love this idea of of using the highways as these as these timelines that are crisscrossing right like if, if they're using this sort of as a metaphor for um, crossing timelines in the continuum, uh, as well as just uh, a way to uh, tether the trek of the future to something contemporary. Uh, this is a really cool poster. I like that too. And I think yeah. um, if you look at the poster and if you look at all these shots in the trailer, we don't see a lot of space shots. And this this poster is specifically depicting a location on Earth. Mm-hmm. So. The marketing might be trying to tell us that a good chunk of the series this season will take place. No, on no, yeah. no, no, man. You, you want have, space? You have a very cool ship, right? Well, we you saw some ship. Got a crew. Well, we, we see La Serena, right? We see that, yes. but we do see and a lot of Earth, again, and then we see this poster. So maybe the whole first episode is on Earth, much like the first season of Picard, and then we eventually get into space by the third one. Right. Okay. Right. But yeah. I am when, curious when about this. Whalesbro was the best. That was very more, much on more Earth. stuff on Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When does Lower Decks come out? I uh, no dates yet, but no pretty dates. soon. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, I did see it was really cute. So Tawny Newsom, who's also in the show Space Force, yes. um, has been in Vancouver shooting for that. And um, apparently her, like everyone in the makeup department on that show are huge Trek fans. And so they made her a crossover mug, which is the logo from Space Force. But it's got um, her character from Lower Decks on the mug, too. <laughs> That is cool. And it was really cute. <laughs> uh, so Chupi is talking about Trek that takes place on Earth. Some of the best Trek is Terra Firma, DS9, past tense. The Whale, City on the Edge of Forever, Carbon Creek. I agree with all of those. Carbon you Creek, I think it's an agree. Enterprise episode, but it's actually a pretty good one. So, yeah. I know The Whales. Yep. The so. Whales is like one of the best movies. It is. Yeah. 
I need I, to get would, my DS9 watch along on better. I need to finish <laughs> DS9 as you well. You really do. It's been on my list. Okay, who wants to talk about this finale? Eh, let's just wrap it up here. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Bye. We'll boy, be back Hoster. next week. All right. <laughs> The Star Trek series finale, All Good Things, aired May 23rd, 1994, written by Ronald D. Moore, Ronald Battlestar Galactica D. Moore, and Brandon Braga, directed by Winrich Winrich Colby, Mm. who who directs Knight Rider a lot. Uh, This finale (laughs) uh, capped the humanity on trial arc between Q and Picard, or did it? I think we know... The journey continues. Bro. I think we know the answer is hell no. So everyone, it is time for. Is it? Is it? It's time for. <laughs> it's hot breaks time. <laughs> We're gonna need to make some more of those. Yeah. Yeah. There's only three. Come on, Grant. Um. All right. TNG series finale. Um. I want to go with somebody who this is maybe your second or third time watching this. So who's that besides me? Trek overall or the this, finale? This, go this, was, this was the second time I watched it. All right, Clyde, give us your hot freak this time. Um, my hot freak is it felt long. Um, like I was like, okay, we're jumping back. We're jumping back. We're jumping back. I, it was it was interesting because I kind of knew what was going to happen. Like, I still remember it. So that told me that the first time I saw it, it left a mark, right? A lot of times I'll go back and watch Trek and go, uh, I kind of sort of remember something, but I'm not sure what's about to happen. I knew what was going to happen. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I thought it was... I. It, it, you know, I, it, it took me back to I remember some of those initial feelings I had was like, oh, is that what happened? And it gave us a little bit of, you know, in a show like this, when you get to the the end, you want to know what happens to your 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 main the main characters that you you've come to love, right? So what we saw here was we saw that, you know, and it's all fan service, but we saw that Jordy finally got to marry Leah Brown. Right. We saw that for everyone who had hoped that and a grant's like, huh? What? Who? That's okay. <laughs> Ignore me. Um, for everyone who who wanted to know the will they or won't they of Picard and Crusher, you got to not only did you get to see them kiss in a present time, but you got to see that they were married and divorced and she changed it. Like you got to see all of that. Um, you got this surprise. What about Deanna Troy and Worf? Dun, dun. <gasps> right? Like there's all this. And then the what happens with like, y- you got to see the what ifs. And then you got to see this, like to start over and see this crew that was, you know, brand new and fresh. So it's like for the final, they brought back Tasha Yar. Like there's all these moments that felt like, oh, it's warm and fuzzy. This is for me. You know, what a great way to end. And then they erased it and said, none of that has to happen. So it's kind of like they gave you a preview and then erased it all from canon and said, we don't know. It's like, go write your books, go have spinoffs, but you don't have to follow any of that stuff that we laid out. 
buy all these badges and new uh, <laughs> uniforms we've created <laughs> that you'll never see again. <laughs> yeah. And so I, so I enjoyed it and it, it was interesting because it was a cute episode and, and I'm not sure if this is where they finally landed, but he wasn't really in the episode a whole lot. Right. He had these touch points. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he felt a little less mischievous, right? Grant, I know you and, and Mike do a Loki podcast. He felt less like Loki in this episode. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, I want to chat about this real quick. I'll give you my hot break. I, um, I have a story about this, this episode. Um, I watched it live when I was in what high school, junior high, when it came out in 94. And in, in Brownsville, Texas, on Sunday nights, there was a Star Trek block, right? It aired in syndication. So the first block was at the first show is 1030 Deep Space Nine. After that, it was TNG. So me being the nerd that I am, I would always stay up late, park myself in front of the TV, watch DS9, then watch TNG, and then go to bed. Well, one day, I had no idea about series finales or seasons or anything. And one day, one Sunday night, I go and I turn on the TV and I'm waiting for DS9 to come on because that came on at 1030 after that was TNG. But TNG starts playing. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I got upset, yo. I was mad. I was like, wait, I need to see Cisco. What is this shit? <laughs> I, I, I need both shows. What is going on? Did they flip them? So... I, I knew I knew exactly what to do. I grabbed this thing that we used to have called a phone book, big yellow thing. Mm. And I flip through and I found the phone number to the the local station that was airing the show. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna call them? these bitches. They they screwed up. I wanna watch Cisco right now. This is so funny and so <laughs> this cute. This is hilarious. And I you called were us back in time. <laughs> I called and I said, Hey, my name's Mike. I watch DS9 at 10.30. You're airing TNG. I think you switched it up. What's happening? And they're like, oh, no, sir. Hold on. They put me on hold for a second. They're very accommodating to my my ridiculous. I mean, it's 1994. What else are they doing at 10.30 on a Sunday night? (laughs) Right. (laughs) The local like NBC affiliate or whatever it is. And they come back on. Oh, actually, sir, what's happening? If you look in the TV guide, if you have one, what's happening is that – this is the the two part next generation series finale. This is a that means that this is the last episode they'll ever air of the next generation, and it's two hours, so it's going to take up both time slots of <clears throat> Deep Space Nine and TNG, and then Deep Space Nine will return next Sunday. Is that okay? I'm like, that okay? wow, <laughs> that blew my mind. I was like, shows end. This is going to end. <laughs> And I get to watch it live. I'm conflicted. Like, this is so cool, but this is also sad. And so I sat there with all these mixed emotions after, you know, freaking out this like burnout who works at the local NBC like affiliate. The stoner on the midnight show. Yeah. Like, (laughs) but it was great that they were so accommodating and they put me on hold and explained it. And then while you've been on the phone, you missed all the important plot points. (laughs) Dude. There were commercial breaks back in the day, all right? And uh, mm. so, I don't know. I just dove right in, and I really loved it. It just blew me away. Like, like if you want to know my hot freight, guys, 
I love this episode. I think it's super right. successful that it like it's it's intriguing, it's suspenseful, it's satisfying, even though like nothing of consequence happens at all, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, it doesn't really end the show or change anything in any way. It just like tells us, oh, the voyage continues. Um, and and the voyage did continue. Like right when they finished filming this, they jumped into filming the first TNG movie, like literally mm-hmm. like the day after, uh, which is wild. But the the puzzle plot is really fun. The time travel stuff is cool. Um, it's fun to see everybody all old and crotchety. Like Picard is great in this. Old man Riker somehow looks more Klingony than Worf does, which is strange. Uh, I don't know. Delancey's on fire in this. I like that he. It is kind of weird. You're right. He's not as Loki. Like he's more threatening in this episode. Like he feels like a real threat at times. But this finale was, it's not really a finale. It's just kind of a love letter to the fans, right? It's just lots of fan service, but somehow the fan service feels like in service of this weird plot. Like it doesn't feel super forced and it feels just kind of cool to take this like journey through time with these characters. So, I mean, they even gave us the cool things that we've always secretly wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Like, an enterprise that cloaks right. three nacelles and three nacelles a, and like a, a, a super cannon, like cannon. Who doesn't want that stuff? And then a, a <laughs> Beverly ship that's like a floating light bulb for some reason. Um, yeah. But what I love is that earlier in the episode, um, early in the episode, Q mocks Picard for his concern about his crew. He's like, "Oh, you're always worried about Data, and he's trying to figure out humanity and Riker's career." and he just mocks him for that. But in the end, like this whole test that Q puts Picard through uh, makes him appreciate his crew even more and realize that they're his true family and he doesn't want to grow apart from them. And it's all about the people. It's all about the less about the space exploration and more about, hey, we actually made a show with characters that you care about. So let's celebrate them. I love that so much. Oh, it's like they copied Lost. <laughs> yeah, it's like they went 20 years in the future mm-hmm. and copied Lost. It's a time travel episode. You know What know. happened happened, Grant. <laughs> Mariah. It's you go. so funny because the entire I I've probably seen maybe the first half. I don't know if I've sat down to watch all of this before in one sitting. Um I was like this is a choice for a finale. And hated it. I I think because I think the Voyager finale is so satisfyingly good and like wraps it up in a very particular way. Hey guys, um, let's go ahead and move on. What is going on? I the Voyager finale is a pale comparison to this one, but go ahead. I very much disagree. Um I it makes sense to me that the movies came after this because I did not find this to be a very satisfying finale episode. Exactly, Carolyn. The Voyager finale is excellent. It ends with them set a course for home. The catchphrase from the very first episode. Anyway, we have a big bad. It's exciting. Anyway, I don't need to compare 
I don't need to compare the two because but I know did. my heart of hearts. What but is you did. true? <laughs> I know did. my heart of hearts. I, what is I, true? I um, but yeah, I, it makes sense to me that the movies came after this because I did not think this felt like a full ending for all of these characters. And so the idea that none of, I think there's an emotional, um, stakes that is set for actors when this is the last time you're playing these characters on screen. And the fact that this was not the last time these folks were going to be playing these characters on a screen, I think could be felt in a, in a particular way, because like, I think of like my favorite finales are things like Voyager, Six Feet Under, The Good Place, uh, Parks and Rec. Like to me, those are all like very emotionally fulfilling season finales. And I didn't, I personally did not find this to be, I felt it was like, Oh, you all come together. You play poker. You see that you can change your fates. Like this is all very interesting. I found Q and it it felt like a finale for Q and Picard and for no one else to me. So that's my my two cents. Yeah. And the show didn't end, right? It graduated to features. So yeah, everything, what you're saying is totally valid. Yeah. And and, and I agree because I think it, we also see that Worf, ends up in DS9. Mm-hmm. Um and it just felt like yeah, it it definitely felt like they were going to go on. There was more to come. Right. I was like, "Oh, you're not detaching. You're not playing these characters for the last time." And so to right. like I Carole just said, it was a really great season finale. It did not feel like a series finale to me. How about just as an episode? That. How did you feel about it as an episode? <laughs> that it was a little long, but it was good. Because it well, was I, two parts, and I thought that was a little... It's like, it's two parts because it is the finale. But if this was just a regular episode or just like a regular season finale, I don't think it needed to be two parts. Well, Mariah, I think one of the things that makes Voyager so different is Voyager at the time was the last Star Trek series. So that finale was like, we're saying, we're saying goodbye to the <laughs> franchise and what we what we would realize is we're not sure when the franchise is coming back. Exactly. Right? And so that's different. When, when you think about when this ended, you already knew, you already had DS9 going. Mm-hmm. Voyager was likely already planned, and you had movies. So there was nothing about this that said goodbye Star Trek. Voyager was like, hey, it's been a long road. We may be done done. Like, we That's it. it. Get him from there here. <laughs> the, the cool thing about the Voyager finale was that Voyager always had an endpoint in mind, mm-hmm. and then they reached that endpoint. So that was satisfying. I can mm-hmm. see what now I can see Mariah why you're you're saying that this wasn't satisfying because really it wasn't really meant as an end, right? It was just like the message was the voyage goes on. See you at, see you at the movies, right? Right, which is why I was like this. Is the series finale like, <laughs> but it's not, you know, because right. it's like we got, you know, what 10, 12 more hours of content after this over the next mm-hmm. decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's my hot freight. Grant? Grant. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I want to belabor art now. <laughs> I think we've been doing this for a bit. I think this is the best episode of TNG I've seen. Cool. Thus far, faint praise. I really enjoyed it. I think that Mariah made some excellent points about what is the merits of a series finale versus a great episode of of television. I, I the way they wove um, the three timelines 
was really fun for me. Um, you know, I, I'm playing a little bit of catch up with some of these like relationship dynamics because I was like, Worf and what's her name are together. What's going on there? I don't know what that is. Those mm-hmm. two. Uh, what is that sweater he's wearing? Um, <laughs> it looks cozy. But, but warm, yes. I I think that how everything played off of each other, how they had Picard jumping through timelines to like share information he was learning along the way with with each of those those people, and then like really elevating the brilliance of um, of Data and Jordy in particular, and how they were able to like troubleshoot certain things and pass along information as well. Um, that was all really cool. There is something to be said for this being a series finale that it missed the mark there. I, I, I guess for me and Mariah and that there isn't a proper tribute being played. And this isn't, this isn't, you know, just because there was movies coming out of this. I, I think, I mean, there's other TV shows that have nailed a finale like mash that like, you know, pay tribute to all of their characters. And this wasn't like before finales were important. So it, it does seem a little bit it, it's a great bookend for where we started with the relationship between Picard and Q. Um, and I, I, I know we're going to dive a little bit more into what that is. It, it, it's weird as a finale. It was fun as a, a, as a two part episode for me. I feel like this finale was, uh, I think you guys are right. The, the guys who wrote it and produced it were kind of in their own heads about, okay, we're going to move on to the movies. Let's celebrate the characters and move on. Right. And, and I think that's what they did. And that, but that kind of, um, I don't know. I'm always a sucker for that kind of ending. Grant, you don't believe me, but you know, I love the lost finale. Um, I, I love uh, shows that wrap up and just celebrate the characters because for me, that's, that's what, that's what the investment is, right. Investing in these characters. Well, right. I, Grant, I like what you said about kind of a series finales highlighting um, kind of the characters. That is something that we didn't get here. Well, I think that's Mariah said that. Oh, Mariah yeah. said that. Well, I, I think I think it, that was something that was missing. Like mm-hmm. that was clearly something. Like when I think we about it, because we got well, to see every character, and then. Um, the 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 message at the end was that it was important these people were so important to each other in their lives that it was important that they all realize that they should not drift apart and i think that was a yeah. in service of celebration of these characters and sure. their bond but yeah the focus was really on picard and q you're right yeah, yeah. i felt like I, the book very much felt closed for picard and q but i was mm-hmm. like all i've really learned at this point especially for like uh Troy and for um, Crusher is like, I've literally only learned about your relationships mm-hmm. by the end of this mm-hmm. and who you've ended up with. I have no Troy's idea. Dead. Yep. It's like, there's very little character development for me for them, which is sad. Um, and then like, although there are things I did find very funny and charming, like the fact that data put gray in his hair because it made him feel more distinguished. Like those are things that I find very like, did you see all those cats? There was a lot of cats and I love cats cats, and I love cats, but uh, it was. Why does he have a limey chambermaid? (laughs) 
It was, yeah, there was some just like weird things. And then I did not love the interaction, the initial interaction between Picard and Jordy on the vineyard. There was some like weirdness there that didn't feel great to me. There's Um, a lot of bark, there's a lot of barking at Jordy and Jordy just being like, okay, dude, we'll do whatever you want. Uh, There was a great part though, where Jordy comes up and tries to give Picard some tips on how to uh, handle his crops when Picard runs a fucking vineyard. <laughs> oh, it's great that you and your wife are dabbling in gardening. I run a fucking vineyard. Uh, yeah, please give me some more tips on how, how to like handle my crops. And not just he runs a vineyard, but like this has been a thing his family has done since like the forever. Audacity. <laughs> it's like, hey, okay, have you tried this? <laughs> Let's talk about Q's role mm-hmm. in this episode. Did you guys think that this was a good Q episode in terms of the way Q was portrayed and used? And what can we glean about this for, for Picard season two? I absolutely felt like this is a vindication of what we've been examining for that. I'm not, are there more Q episodes or were, were we specially choosing just certain key Q episodes? We were, yeah, mm-hmm. there are more. We chose like just key T and G Q episodes. Okay. Also shows up on DS nine. We Voyager. should do some Voyager Q. Right. Episodes. Yeah. Those, <laughs> some of those are really good. I, I thought this was validating of the idea that everything that he's done has been in service of this, of, of testing the boundaries and building up and making a stronger and better and more ideal Picard for what he needs in his ultimate purpose later down the timeline. If, if time is, well, that's too much, Mike, if time is uh, not the same linear construct for, for Q um, he's able to pop in and out and kind Mm -hmm. of fuck with him sometimes. And then other times really put him through a, a trial that makes him learn something. This felt like, this felt like the validation of that, that he he was able to push him to a limit where Picard was able to acknowledge and recognize himself across three timelines and and pull on his strength in, in each one to um, save humanity, save the galaxy, save whatever from some weird time glitch reverse time thing what that was going on anti-time anti-time mumbo jumbo yeah i i liked i i felt like this was almost a fairly redeeming episode in a weird way for q for me in that Mm. he, he does seem to have like almost like a soft spot for humanity right like he doesn't have to let picard in on these clues to allow humanity to happen like he's an omnipresent like being that time and space doesn't really matter right like there's a whole universe he could go around and and mess with but he seems to have this interesting soft spot for humanity um specifically like in this particular timeline and finds picard fascinating enough and a worthy enough opponent to want to have these exercises and experiments with um i did think it was like the per- I mean, Q is just so campy and silly in a lot of ways, too, that I just, like, love all of the outfits. I think so much of the theatrics are very funny and, like, entertaining to watch. Um, and I love the part where they go to, like, the primordial ooze and he's just like, oh, 
the amino acids are about to form with proteins, creating the first signs of life. Oh no, it didn't happen. And you're just like, what? Like <laughs> <laughs> When I was a kid, I was like, what is happening during that scene? My mind exploded and I've never recovered. And he just like grabs the goo and he's mm-hmm. just like, this is it, Picard. You know, it was like yeah. so theatrical and and silly, but so, but it's also like everything in life could be theatrical and silly. So yeah. why not? I don't know. I enjoyed this per- particular performance um, from John Delancey as Q. Ch- Chupi had a quick thought right before I get to you, Clyde. Uh, the, the new thing I took away from this watch of All Good Things was really how kind of disgusted Q was with the continuum for making him put Picard through this. I never caught that before. There are definitely um, undercurrents of that. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's text, but what do you guys think about that? You know, I didn't pick up on the fact that he was disgusted, but I did pick up on the fact that he was an he was an ally. You know, Mariah, you mentioned that yeah. he's been fascinated by kind of humans forever. Um, and this is one of those things where it's like, hey, they're kind of out to get you, but I'm I'm going to help you out here, right? Like I've been poking at you and prodding you for the last seven years now, you know, I I got your back. And so when you say that, that kind of note about redemption for Q, it, it was kind of interesting to me in that um, it it did feel like, wow, you've kind of been an ass for seven years and now you show up and it's like, Oh, you're actually helping. Right. Nevertheless, you're the reason why the Borg, you know, found us. Now you're showing up and going, hey, you you don't need to ask for my help. I'm not looking for you to ask for my help, but I got you in this case. Um, and I appreciated that. And then at the end when he was like, and we're not done, like, you know, maybe I'll pop in. It was kind of like, okay, that to me sets up hopefully what we're going to see in Picard. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. I like that Picard acknowledges that Q is likely helping him figure mm-hmm. out this puzzle. He acknowledges that to his crew. He's like, I think, I think he's, he's trying to help me. He's giving me clues. And I really like that because I like, I just really like that in all the Q episodes that we see, there's always a scene or, or a piece of it where you understand that Q really likes hanging out with Picard and thinks that maybe he's one of the most interesting humans in the whole galaxy. And that's why he's putting him through all this stuff. And also because he wants to hang out with him or like Grant says, he loves him and he has a crush on him. Yeah. And it, and it's nice to see that kind of reciprocated from Picard to him, for him to recognize that saying he kind of likes me. He's kind of helping me. Maybe he's kind of my frenemy and not this evil entity trying to really destroy humanity. Yeah. I I never go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I never get full destruction mode from Q in most things. Like, it feels like someone, I mean, it's anytime you have someone who's in, like, a huge position of power, right? It's like, prove to me that you are worthy um, rather than full-on destruction to me anyway. What were you going to say, though, Grant? I I think that. Now I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say something to the effect of uh, of the Q relationship. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I don't understand Q 
Q's fascination with Picard. Like I Q's suit certainly interesting, and there's a lot of great cats out there in the galaxy for him to kind of mess with. Picard, to me, from my limited exposure, seems cantankerous and boring. <laughs> I think I it's I I, I, I Picard. The reason that kick he's him so, out the show, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. The reason that he's so into Picard is because Picard is the main character of the show. Yes, <laughs> yes that's pretty much it. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm like, I, he's an asshole. Well, he's stubborn. He doesn't I, want to learn, and I don't he, find that he makes the best he, he, decisions overall. Here's the thing: you've got to keep in mind, though, right? Like, even if that stuff is true, and it's not, but if it were true. You're talking about Picard, who is the captain of the flagship ship of the Federation. He's the best so, of the best. He's the best of the best. So if anybody is going, you're going to put anybody on trial to represent humanity, it's that guy. It, the Enterprise is the best ship in the yes. fleet? It's the flagship. Oh. But it's I, the I, flagship. I have best no idea is, about that either. I, 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 it's yeah, like one of the ships. The Federation and Starfleet represents the apex pretty much of humanity, and the Enterprise is a hood ornament, and Picard is in the driver's seat. So yeah. he is based, and the Enterprise is going out for the the most expansive space exploration mission ever. So in all in in essence, Picard is the representative for humanity uh, to all these strange new worlds that are out. And all new entities and anything that you'll find out in the cosmos. So, of course, Q is going to pick him and be interested in him. It's just, you know, like, man, what aggravates me is I, I my introduction to Trek is that I saw Michael Burnham. And Michael Burnham is so fucking interesting and so awesome. And like a person who's a, a complete force of nature. Q would want to hang out with Michael Burnham. He wouldn't don't want to hang out with in their the card. Yes. Don't. We, <laughs> yeah. We don't I want to see that. that. Like no. the problem is that Picard's boring when you put him up next to, to, uh, to Michael Burnham. I mean, I think, I think what I'm, what I'm sensing from you is just kind of a theme that we got from you, which is just, this is old TV and it's slow and boring and different. Which, well, you know, you know, it's I think like the idea of God revealing the Bible to, people who couldn't read like no there's more interesting people you can reveal that to dude you, you know the whole timeline why you reveal it to them q come on that's why um, there's always going to be a problem with omnipresent beings whatever <sighs> that's, you know that's my problem but um i would think of it as like you know i wish they had made and and i'd have to like there's so many like weird time travel history episodes of trek um but it's like if Q was to appear to different beings throughout time, right, to test humanity, it would be like, oh, I'm going to reveal myself to the head of like the Roman Empire or like the Ottoman Empire or any of these like other really large, catastrophically treacherous times of humanity, right? And so if this is like this present point in time where the Federation is sending a ship out for its longest and most in-depth discovery mission into space. That would also make sense to me if I was like writing right. the character of an omnipresent being. Also, it just works dramatically because they're such the characters are such excellent foils to each other right. that the sparks just fly and it just it just works so well. 
I, I, I feel I, like that's why Discovery like undercuts these other shows. Like in a way, I can understand why some people are angry about Discovery now, having seen some of these other episodes. Because I'm like, yeah, man, you make you have such interesting things going on in like this godship that is mm-hmm. the Discovery that can jump throughout time. That it really like these points, these these episodes. When I go back and rewatch them, I'm like, eh. also these these episodes, just like this finale, I think are really earn that celebration of humanity and humanity's potential more than I mean, Discovery does it too, but but I think TNG really set that template and did it really well, and probably does it better than Discovery does. Well, and I, I think but I love them both. I think it's different. Like we, it's hard to compare because we're talking about a lot of changes in fundamental television between TNG and Discovery, yep. right? Just mm-hmm. the the way stories are told in general. I mean, TNG was much more like it's much more conversation. It's much more thoughtful and like, what should we do? What is the ethical dilemma that we're we're faced with? Where like, at no point do you see Riker running through a anything the way book runs through stuff right books constantly running like it's like <laughs> if books not running it's like what's going on? something's about to happen because books about to run right Actors so, have to be in so much better shape now <laughs> so much better shape right he's either running or petting this guy, or yeah, petting grudge. That guy's not running anyway right? like <laughs> I look Although at Burnham like a- and go and, and start to and my I just start to like, oh, man, I'm tired. Like just the right. way she's always running. She's running through the ship. She, literally, she's just running around the ship half the time. Although there is a difference too between having to create plots and hold on to them and create characters that can that can exist for 22 episodes a mm-hmm. season versus characters that have to exist for 10 episodes. It, and so. It, like getting from point A to point B is much different in those types of seasons. That yep. being said, I don't want to see Q and Burnham. I, I don't need it. I don't want it. However, Q and Taryn Giorgio, man, that's good television. I think at the, at the Q season of Picard is successful. Um, they'll definitely bring him back. There's so many Star Trek shows now. And I mean, we did get a little bit of, you know, those like time traveler omnipresent beings in Discovery this past season with the mm-hmm. with um, the Guardian the forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ch- Chupi has a few words. Uh, I thought the trailer for Picard season two looked in Picard. I thought for the trailer in Picard, Picard looks almost happy to see Q. I didn't catch that. I, it's all, I bet because there's like a bunch of fuckery going on and he's probably like, ah, it makes sense uh, now. It's it. you. And last <laughs> time we did this, I figured it out and it was good. And you kind of yeah. helped me. So, okay. I yeah. was thinking it was because he was like, hey, you're going to save the ratings. This is going to help. <laughs> like, hey, uh, what scr- skin cream are you using? Because that, <laughs> that looks too. good. It does look good. I will like, say the what Paramount regimen. Paramount CBS is dropping the dollars. So they are they are they are paying the big bucks for all of these Trek shows and just yeah. like all shows in general. Like uh my other favorite television show, Drag Race, their all-star season is only on Paramount Plus for this season. And they have spent a lot of Dolores on well, that. Well, I that mean, it, it's paying off, right? Because if right. you think about it, we have just spent the last hour talking about a trailer that was what 
a few, like not even a less full than a minute, less than a minute. Like we spent the last hour talking about a trailer that's less than a minute. And then we've gone back, watched old Trek so that we can be ready for the new season of a show that none of us would put in the top five of Star Trek shows. <laughs> like no one here sure. would say rank them Picard's yeah. in the top five, but it's the, because the, this coming season of Picard is going to pay this off. Yeah. Which is Q telling Picard the trial never ends and then blowing in his ear like he loves Sexy him. Sexy ear play. So to, to the point, Mariah, I mean, it seems like to me that the money that they've shelled out is already paying dividends. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, a bunch of us have Paramount Plus like accounts and it's really <laughs> for one reason. Like, don't get me Start. wrong. The Good Wife or The Good Fight is a very good show. It's a very good show. But I like that's, Clarice. It's a good that's, show. that's not why I have a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, the the actor who plays um, uh, in Discovery, she has the thing, and I like her. I'm forgetting Kayla. Her name. Kayla, she's on. Uh, she's on Clarice. Oh, um, and hey, and Bob loves. Uh, Bob Hart's Abishola is a great show. Again, not why I have my subscription. Okay, real quick. QP says, Pod, Grant, you need to watch Death Wish. Grant, have you seen uh, the Charles a, Bronson the Charles Bronson series Death Wish? Um, no. There's also a remake with Bruce Willis. So. I didn't know I need to see some Charles Bronson, but okay. Cool. So Mariah, Death Wish is a Voyager episode, right? Yes. And which, it's it a Q episode, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you guys want to watch more Q episodes as we go on? I'd, I'd only like pick these from TNG. I thought they would be relevant. I mean, it's it's a it's a dark one, so just be prepared. There's, what what um, happens in that one? It's a um, suicidal oh, cue. It's the right oh. to life episode. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. I think I've managed to not have to see any of the Voyager episodes so far. We so made you watch that Lower Decks oh, yeah, one. Sure. Oh, Did oh, I? Yeah, sure. With uh, Kate Mul, is she the one? Kate Mulgrew is the leader. Yeah. We should obviously watch the Voyager because Prodigy is coming up and we need to get Grant up to speed on the uh, epicness that is Catherine Janeway. Mariah, why don't you pick a couple of Mariah, why don't you pick a couple of um, uh, uh, Janeway spotlight episodes for us to to watch before Prodigy? Ooh, excited. Will do. Content for the off season. I seriously do not recall watching any Voyager. What was this episode I watched? Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was not a great one. <laughs> it was the one that was kind of like the TNG Lower Decks episode. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. No, no recollection. Okay. I sure. I watched called. it. I guess. Yeah. All, All right, guys. Um. Okay. Watching this, I am even more excited to see Q come back in season two because it feels like. Like I said earlier, it feels like the writers of Picard are going to build upon what happened in this episode. And I think especially upon what happened in Tapestry, where Q creates these pocket timelines for our characters to go through and have trials. And I think that with Picard, the Picard show being so, the themes being so much about um, aging and, mor- and mortality and regret, I think, I think it has uh, the potential to to make all this silly Q stuff a little more profound. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I do think it was 
really necessary to watch the these episodes in prep for Picard. And it also means because it's not coming out till 2022, I'm probably gonna have to rewatch this one again um, in preparation for the actual series for once it comes out. But I am excited for John Delancey to return. I hope they keep him as campy as ever. Because I do think it would be nice with how serious of a tone they've taken with the show to mm. have a little a little breath of of levity every now and again. Yeah, I mean, P.W. Gregory says Q seems to be a much-needed injection of adrenaline for Picard. And Grant, I think that's what you've been right. saying Agreed. through all our chats about Picard Season 2. And, and, like, yeah, and, and he looks a lot better <laughs> in there. the real future than he does uh, in this episode where he aged himself up. Although I do think a beard would be cool on Picard. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I'm so surprised... Q was not even in the first season of Picard because of this rewatch. It's now so apparent how integral he is to Picard's growth as like a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Because he is that very first episode. He is the finale. He is all throughout the whole series. So it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. This, this makes total sense. (laughs) I just found out what that Voyager episode was. You guys made me watch (laughs) good shepherd. Oh, Oh yes, Good Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up, and I see I see the pictures, and I vaguely remember this thing, and just thinking, ugh, all those ensigns sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let's let's end this episode of the pod by saying thank you to the cast and crew of the Next Generation because I I love this finale, and I think there's parts of it that we can all agree that are that are pretty great, even if it's kind of an odd series finale, if you really think about it. Um, but I'm so happy that we watched all these Q episodes, and we maybe we'll watch more, but I think we'll maybe move on to some, some Janeway episodes yes. as we go forward to prepare for Star Trek Prodigy, which is going to be the next Trek show that is going to drop on CBS All Access uh, this year mm-hmm. with... Hologram Janeway with Catherine um, Janeway coming back um, to play a hologram version of Janeway. So that should be cool. Uh, should be keep screaming. I'll, Death include, Wish, Death I'll, Wish. I'll include Death Wish. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll be in there. <laughs> we will watch Death Wish, Chupi. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. I think um, we're coming up on the hour. We're past the hour. Mm-hmm. So thanks again, everybody, for joining us on the pod. We're going to be back. I think we're going to come back next Wednesday, mm-hmm. right, Mariah? Yes. Because it is the last day of the month, Wednesday. And since we skipped last week, we kind of got our schedule mixed up. But um, we're not going to do our regular Thursday. We're going to do Wednesday with a special Pride celebration episode. Talking about Jadzia Dax, maybe some other characters too. So come back Wednesday for that. Yes, please do. It's going to be fun. A celebration of Dax. I'm very excited about it. Um, Pansexuals, Bisexuals Unite. It's going to be a great, great uh, watch and uh, an episode. But uh, make sure you visit us at StarTrekPod.co so you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You'll you'll find all of the links to where we are in podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. Um, please subscribe on YouTube uh, and hit that notification bell so you never miss us going live patreon.com slash star trek pod you can go there and make your per episode pledge give us 
two bucks an episode and join us over on the exclusive slack channel where there are watch alongs and discussions of all things trek it is a friendly and inclusive environment and we would love to have you guys there yeah and, clothing uh, optional <laughs> clothing preferred clothing because optional. we cannot see you so it does yes. not matter um <laughs> Star Trek, uh, patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here and you want to uh, hear more of us, you want to keep us going, keep this little project going, and you want to have a little bit more, uh, come join the community. Uh, two bucks an episode, and uh, we appreciate all of your support. Hey, you want to know how to find out more about what's going on when we have extra episodes or we're just talking about Trek? Well, there's a great way, great thing that you can do. You can just follow us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Star Trek Pod. Um, and I just want to give a moment to shout out to James Worm and Karen who run our socials. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging with us on the pod. Join us next week, Wednesday, for our Pride celebration. That's all we got. Live long and prosper.